0: So, a podcast about FAMU athletics is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it, we're going to bring it up to the light, we're going to share it, so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in a sweat that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a rattler, they can know who their kids need to be greetings and salutations another episode of things up here and we got a good good amount of things to talk about famu has been a happening place if you're not following famu athletics on social media i don't know what you're doing because especially the famu football and the famu athletics page has been giving us access that we probably haven't seen outside of the documentary but live access that we i would say we've never gotten we've never gotten this kind of access where every day famu's dropping heat like it's it's good in the social media age. Dropping content on a daily basis is the difference between the programs that are successful and the programs that are not. The big programs and the small programs that are cons- consistently dropping content are the pro are the difference between winning and losing. Does Alabama do it all the time? No, they don't have to. They're Alabama. Does Georgia do it? Not as much as they used to, but in their climb to. Becoming one of the preeminent programs in college football. They constantly dropped content. We even saw how Georgia Tech did. Even though the the football product is trash, they're still able to get really good recruits because their social media presence was so strong. And we're able to see what Miami's doing. A lot of that is not just the involvements of investors, but it's also because their social media is awesome. And I don't like you. UM. I'm a Florida State fan. Y'all know this. Fam, UFSU all day. You found out last week I like Kentucky. But the schools that do really well at dropping content, even when their programs aren't doing well, do better in recruiting. And they tend to see the on the field product get a little something for that. So we, we may go in the rattlers' den and talk about that. The importance of social media. We're going to do that. Um, but we're going to uh, also talk about Michael Thomas the passing of one Michael Thomas FAMU baseball we got to commit y'all we got to commit women's basketball we got some offers we're going to also talk about the men's basketball program men's basketball program has a basketball camp coming up Coach McClellan uh, and FAMU football obviously Uh, some of the offers and other things that went out and we're going to do the Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, preview in, in our Inside the Den section we're going to talk about social media and how it can be used to help improve the program. So, there we go. And y'all hear me typing because that was on the cuff. I didn't have it inside the den today. Um, but we're going to start off with the summer news. Uh Michael Thomas was the voice of Florida A&M University Athletics, a longtime Rattler. Been up there forever in a second, and uh I'm not saying that in any kind of way. Literally, he's been there. He had been there for like 30 years, Tallahassee native, uh, and we we lost him this past week. And Michael Thomas, man, if you have not been able to watch BMU Athletics on television or on really on Facebook and social media, he has been heavily involved as far as from broadcasting just to all sorts of ways, hi- highlighting probably the coaches shows as of late and some of the football games. Like you hear him on the football games, you hear him covering the basketball games. He's literally been the voice of FAMU athletics. And he he had one of those voices that was very calm. He spoke very well. He was very knowledgeable. You could tell he studied, he did his research before he spoke and he um, did not mind interjecting himself at times. You could tell he had a past in sports. He previously previously done things with basketball and things like that. And he would share his knowledge during the broadcast and during the, uh, the sessions there and lend itself to the commentary. And I, for one as a fan, I appreciated it because I enjoyed hearing him share and hearing him talk and tell the story of FAMU athletics. And how the story of FAMU Athletics broadened, especially near the twilight of his career, because we saw where FAMU's coverage of athletics went beyond just covering football. Too often, in sports in general, not just historically black colleges, but in sports, we only cover football. I, I know in the past, Florida State used to have like a baseball coach, baseball show, basketball show. Florida State did almost all of them. But we saw this past year where FAMU stepped out there and they covered men's and women's basketball. And it kind of started off as a one-off and then it picked up. And it was frustrating, I'm sure, for Coach Pillow, at least, to go after there week after week after we lost. But she was going up there, she was being honest, and she was sharing. And I think as a fan it gave me the perception and the ability to sit there and watch and say, okay, I know what I'm going to get on this day for this game and for this product. We're not very good. I get it. COVID injuries, cool. Whereas on the other side, men's basketball, you're like, oh, yeah, MJ's killing it. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Oh, Keith Littles, uh, downtown Johnny Brown. like." And he, you could tell that Mike was – watching the content that was on the social media and he would say, Hey, I'm hearing this is the new nickname that's been thrown out there for you. And sometimes he would lend it to the students and the X-Men and downtown Johnny Brown. Like he was, he was a part of the program and had his fingers on the pulse and we lost a good one. Y'all we could, because he, he was a good, he was a good announcer. Yeah, um, he, he, he was knowledgeable though. And he was very engaged with, the coaches, and the student-athletes. And I think that was one of the things that we kind of lost there. And hopefully whoever comes in behind him is able to fill his shoes and able to do the same because that's something that is unique when you have the football program doing very well, you have the basketball program doing pretty well, and then all of a sudden one of the basketball programs is not. But you're continuing to put a show out there that is Talking about what's going on, and that is informing the fans as to what the product looks like. It, it's a benefit because as a fan, I view athlete athletics as an investment. I'm investing my time, I'm investing my money into this program, and I want to win. I, I, again, all the hoopla and whatever and whatever about fandom is about wins and losses. If the band sucks. I'm not happy. If the football program sucks, I'm not happy. Like I want all programs to win and be very good. And the proof of whether you're winning or losing is on the field of competition. And I thought Michael Thomas did a great job of highlighting that information. And we learned a lot about him. You could tell he was just a very humble guy. I mean, he wasn't up there bragging all the time, saying some of the stuff he had done when he literally, he really could have. I mean, he could have pulled a rank on a lot of rattlers, and he didn't. Uh, come to find out, for me, like it wasn't really until his passing. He was with FAMU as in a coaching perspective or coaching role when FAMU won its national championship. He was also at FAMU in a coaching role when they when FAMU beat the University of Miami. And to see that this guy has literally been so heavily involved in the history of Florida A&M University and so humble about it is one unique, but two appreciate appreciative. I found myself appreciative appreciative of his efforts and what he had done. And, uh, man, um, definitely we, we lost a good one though. Y'all. And if you like me, I'm, I'm a family one through and through. So anytime there's a fallen rattler, even if it's somebody you don't super know, well, it's that family and you lost a member of the family. And it, it hurts you a little bit because while you it may not directly impact you as much as others, it's the fact that they're contributing. They're adding into the you experience and you've lost someone that has contributed so much and given so much to the university at a point when we're really we're hurting as a athletic program, especially as a university. We're really thriving. We're doing really well. There's some great things that are happening. We just acquired more land and stuff like that. But athletically, we're hurting. And we just, we took another punch to the gut with this one. And it's going to take us a while to get over. So hopefully, whoever feels in, in, in his shoes does an, an amazing job. I'm hopeful. Um, we'll see how fast that happens. But big loss there. And uh, rest easy, Rattler. All right, y'all, welcome back, welcome back, and uh, we're going to pick it up a little bit. Uh, Good news is happening on the Hill. It's not all doom and gloom, not all naked people in front of rattlesnakes and people quitting the program, Uh, but family baseball got to commit, and this is Cameron Kelly. Cameron Kelly is a multi-position player. I don't remember the right word. It's not utility, if I remember correctly uh could be a utility player but he is a multi-position player uh Cameron pitches i, w- I believe he also plays in the outfield and pretty pretty good get. he he seems very excited to be coming to Florida A&M university and this hopefully continues to happen hopefully we can continue to get some more funding for these coaches because i don't know if you caught the show on Thursday but or uh, Wednesday ONG strike zone where the volleyball coach is literally saying I need more money. I need, I need to hire more staff and the former golf coach saying the same thing. We need more money. We need to hire more staff. So um, hopefully we can find some corporate sponsors or something. I think that's, that's an area that we're missing uh, some opportunities in right there, but mentioning money, the men's basketball camp is full. If you didn't get a spot, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm don't not tell you cause, but the men's basketball camp is full. And this is what happens when you are, winning or have a semblance of winning you have basketball camps that kids want to go to and this also helps you in recruiting the product and the next generation of family athletics because i don't i'm keeping the book which i don't think our basketball coach leaves i'm just saying unless he starts losing he yeah i don't know if he's going to be going to some other school um so i i just i just i don't think it um I, just, I don't see it. Uh, it could happen, but I doubt it. I think, one, he likes FAMU. I think he likes the facilities. I think he likes the ability to build what he has. Coach is in 60s, 50s, 60s. I think he's at a spot where if he can build this program up, he can do some really cool things. And FAMU fans do show up. When you're winning, we'll show up. I'm not going to lie to you. With basketball, we're fair weather as hell. If you're losing, ain't nobody coming to that darn game. But if you're winning, we're there. We'll be there. We'll be there in droves. We'll come from out of town. We'll we'll come, in, I mean, on, on the weekend. I'm not I'm not driving to Tallahassee in the middle of the week to watch basketball game. But on the weekends, you know, hey, you want to go up on campus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you? We, we'll do that kind of stuff uh, within a certain driving distance. But, yeah, I, I think this is something that needs to happen. It needs to continue and it needs to build a product because We've seen where even some of our students that are already committed to FAMU, our one, I think we have two football commits, one of them was like, I've always wanted to go to FAMU. That's a very rare thing as far as for a football commit to just say, I've always wanted to go to FAMU. Other schools may be offering me, but FAMU is always in the plan. This is how you get that. This is how you build that. Because if a student wants to say, I've always wanted to go to FAMU, it's more likely that they're going to go to FAMU me me in particular I always wanted to go to FAMU until I got to college and then I was like I want to go somewhere else I'm tired of Tallahassee my dad's like my money's going to FAMU oh alright I'm going to FAMU <laughs> because I always wanted to do it I just wanted a change at the end but the plan was to go to FAMU so um, and I followed through on it this is how you build that product this is how you build a brand and this is also how you infuse money into the product into the program these kids are paying registration fees and this and that and the third. And yeah, you're, you're probably going to generate some revenue. It may not be, the, may not be a lot, but you're going to generate some revenue. And as this becomes more popular, invite more coaches, have invite coaches from Florida state to come over, invite coaches from North Florida, West Florida. I'm just saying like, I'm one of these people and draw a circle around Tallahassee, maybe a box. And say these people within this radius will call these colleges. Hey, you want to come help? You want to come recruit? Come, invite within your radius ten to twenty colleges, if possible, from Division one all the way to community college level. Have them come to FAMU. Let it become like the Rattler Roundup, and you literally are rounding up local basketball talent. You're getting them in there. You're recruiting. You have basketball tournaments. I mean, just do different things to be able to generate revenue, to be able to make the program able to stand up on its own. So congratulations, though, coach. Good to see that the program sold out, uh, not program sold out. The camp sold out. Lord have mercy. Help me on that one. Um, and that was something we needed. Now, women's basketball. Coach Pillow was not taking that beaten and lying down. She heard you all people talking greasy about her and she's responding Jada Jones from Sandalwood High School. That's in Jacksonville. She has been offered. And if you haven't been following Coach Pillow for about the past month or two, not even Coach Pillow, Family Athletics, really, and especially the FQ Family Twitter page. If you're not following that page, what are you doing? Um, then you're going to be able to notice that Coach Pillow has been very active on the recruiting trail. A lot more student athletes have been getting recruited by Florida A&M University. And the hope and the idea is, is that these students can continue to get recruited and that we can sign some more of them so we can improve the product. I think FAMU has a better basketball season than we did last season. Uh, As I told y'all before, 10 is my number. 10 is in, 10 is in. All I need is 10. I just need 10 wins. That's it. I don't need 20. I don't need 30. I need 10 wins. If, If Coach Pillow gives me 10 wins, I'm good for next year because that's an improvement. Four wins last year, that was embarrassing, but it was understandable. Ten wins this year shows as a double, that's a double-digit improvement in victories. You may not like how it looks, but it's results. Just saying, like you you, you, can't, you can't say the program's bottomed out, and in the lady's first year, she gets four wins and say the next year she's got to be fired. She had one year of basketball. So you're going to be realistic, we're going to carry that much that, that much dead money? like family is not in a position as an athletic program where we can carry dead, dead contracts. I almost said dead weight. You can't carry dead weight, but you can't carry dead contracts either because if you're carrying dead contracts, all of a sudden that makes it so you really can't afford to pay assistance and you're already paying people out left and right who have been fired or whatever, whatever, like that hurts your athletic program when you're paying an additional Hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000 of people. Eventually all that firing people early equals millions of dollars that are coming out of your athletic budget and your athletic budget is $9 million. Something like that. So you're talking a $9 million athletic budget. And then all of a sudden you take out another million dollars, maybe not a million, but a, maybe a couple hundred thousand or a hundred thousand of that. Like that's, that's not peanuts. You're not playing with a twenty, thirty, hell, forty million dollar budget, and we had a forty million dollar athletic budget. Oh yeah, fire them quick and fire them fast. Like, but you have to be prudent with what you have. You have to be responsible with what you ha- what you have, because as a booster, or I'm not a booster anymore, but I am a member of the alumni association. But as a supporter of family athletics. I'm going to ask questions as to where my money is going, especially if I'm a, if I become, if I'm able to become a large supporter, where's my money going and why are we firing these people so quick? Because then the question isn't, why are we firing them? It's why the hell are we hiring them in the first place? There's something wrong with your hiring practices. If we're getting rid of people that quick. So that's just, that's my, that's my thing. That's my two cents on that. Um, if I see coach pillow on the street, it's definitely going to be a fist pump. And, hey, how you doing? I've seen her already. She was super sweet, really nice lady. I saw her at the uh, homecoming last year. She was up there at First Take. Her and some of the girls saw her. They were giving out shirts. It wasn't them, but they were giving some shirts out for her, like an energy bar. And I, I got me a shirt, um, and I got to say hello to Coach. Also, uh, FAMU football. We got a whole lot going on with that, and especially the stadium. If you haven't seen, the press box is, has been placed on there, but it's not been finished. They're hooking up the air conditioning, things like that. If you look on the FQ Family Twitter page and the Fangs Up Twitter page, I have put a link up there to a, uh, it's kind of like a vlog, I want to say, that Vaughn Wilson has done. And the only reason I did not uh, hashtag him or add him was because I don't know what his social media is but I did give him credit. I did say credit to Von Wilson because he was the person that I saw it come from. So I wanted to make sure I gave him his his credit. Really nice guy. I've known Von Wilson for a long time, Um in especially in passing. But yeah, I've known him for a long time. Really nice guy. But you're able to see uh, just the the journey of the football stadium. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can see all the way to the where the East side stands were being done. And then you see the West side stands being done. It just, it's a very good depiction of the growth that is taking place at Florida and university, especially in the form of Bragg stadium. It's, it's been a great thing. And if you go back and look at it, I think you'll come away more appreciative of what the press box looks like. And we also have some ADA, ramps that are going up on one side of the stadium uh, as well. I believe it's going to happen on both sides. I do not have the master plan in front of me, but I'm fairly for certain that that's going to happen. So that is uh, more improvements coming to Bragg and hopefully we can as y'all know, I, I'm, I'm all about progress. We're losing seats. Uh, Bragg Stadium's capacity is going to go down to about 22,000. It's going to be a different sound in Bragg. I think the I think the new press box is going to keep the sound in to a certain extent, but it's about time to start having that conversation about closing off that North end zone. That North end zone needs to become some seating. Cause if you're going to lose 3000 seats, you need to add 3000 back because that's lost revenue. And you already lost revenue on parking. As we just talked about this past last week about, you know, solutions for parking. So Bragg stadium to me, Needs to be rounded off so that it's a horseshoe shaped stadium that seats between 25 and 30,000. Because that to me helps as far as homecoming. Homecoming is going to be your big game. People are going to pay, they're going to jack the prices up for homecoming. You already know it. Don't get mad about it. It's going to be $50 to get in the door. It's like a club. Like club brag is jumping and you're going to have to pay them fee, that fee to get in. Let's make the stadium get it back at least to 25, but see if we can take it to 30,000. And that one game alone where club brag is jumping is going to be well worth it because all of a sudden you have another gate of entrance, another point of entrance. You're going to lose parking. That's going to happen. But again, use my suggestion of creating a shuttle system and it will help alleviate some of the problems you have due to parking. And just go from there. I think that that's just the way to go. It's going to help with your revenue. It's going to help with you. You're going to lose that north end zone portion. But to hell with that. Just add more press box. Because the north end zone is nice. It's cute. You can be seen. But in that kind of heat, I wouldn't pay that extra price for it. Even if you are sitting in a tent. like I can go in a stadium. And all I'm getting is liquor anyway. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm not that big on drinking in public. So. I really ain't about that. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we're going to leave it at with Bragg. And uh, great time to take a break. We're going to take a break here. And we come back. We're going to talk about the students who were offered by the football program. And we're going to do the Arkansas Pine Bluff preview. This is Fangs Up. All right, we're back. And as we were talking about family football, again, the offers continue to come in. Y'all saw last week I was kind of struggling. Like, my bad on that. I ain't going to lie. That was literally live. Like, I saw, I saw offers coming up. And I'm like, yo, this kid's gotten offered, that kid's got offered. And I was trying to read it on the cuff, but it didn't sound great. <laughs> but we're going to talk about a few of them that have been offered. I'm going to kind of brush past the kids who have been offered from Crisp, Crisp County. I'm going to say your name, so I'm not going to give as much detail. But uh, Antonio Cotman Jr., and I ain't going to lie, his picture is pretty nice. He's a Boston College commit, though. 6'3", 190-pound athlete, 2023 guy from Christian Academy, which is in Chester Virginia so again fam you kind of dipping into that uh, DMV area that is the DC Maryland and Virginia area for those who are not sure or don't know what that is and that there that's a good talent pool up there we've seen what Howard uh, has been able to do up there in the past which probably isn't a great point of reference for a lot of you because you like their football program sucks but especially schools like Hampton Norfolk State, they do have talent pools up there. If you're not familiar, that's where Allen Iverson's from. Uh, hell, EJ Manuel's from up there. Uh, they do produce good lo- good level of t- athletic talent, especially quarterbacks and DBs uh, tend to come from that area. And they have a little what-for to them. They have a little chip on their shoulder. So that's a good place to recruit from. And hopefully we're able to get some. Another one is... Emeka, and I'm just going to leave it at Emeka, uh, last in L-L-O-H, so. Six 6'8", he's a tight end, but he's also a basketball player from McIntosh High in Peachtree, Georgia, and that is a big body, and I'm wondering, at 6'8", I think he's like 250, does he stay at tight end, or if he gets into a college program, does he become a offensive tackle? And to me, that's where I would project him at, 6'8", about 250, and uh, at tight end, he probably has pretty good feet. If he comes to a if he goes to a big school, do not be surprised if that guy gets moved to offensive tackle and they add like 30, 40 pounds to him, get him close to 300. That's the money. That's that's a money-making position. If you're either offensive tackle and he can block with a worth a worth a blessing, he might be able to make himself some money. So don't be surprised uh, if that happens. And our two guys from Crisp County. That's up there and near Cordill, Amir Dwight, and Julian Fox. So both those guys are from up in that area. If you stop by the sausage store, bring me something back, please. <laughs> you never sausage a place up there. Stripling's uh, great place, and that's not an ad read for them. That's just me being honest. I, I, I like that place. Family, family fun. And they got a little pig to take pictures in front of and all that. Anyways, back to football away from me and having not had breakfast. <laughs> so Arkansas Pine Bluff, last year's game was not close. It was 37 to seven. We blew them out. Arkansas Pine Bluff had previously gone to the SWAC championship. The, that summer season and they lost to Alabama. A&M, but that game was never close. Tendence there wasn't great, but it was a game where FAMU came and we just we just owned it. We just took care of business the whole time. Last year, Arkansas Pine Bluff had a two and nine record, and if you were like me, you kind of came in the game like we're gonna blow them out. I I didn't I wasn't as sure, partially because of how we performed against Valley, but I was pretty confident once I looked at their guys, and then I looked at our guys. And it, I kind of hit that two chains. Uh, look at them. Now look at us. Yeah, I ain't gonna say the rest, but y'all understood. We we were talent wise, we were rich as well. Thank you. Uh, we were. It was just there was no comparison. You could tell we had a different kind of speed, and the game showed it. I, I think this is going to be a blowout, and that is gonna win it big. There is a point differential here, uh, points per game. Arkansas Pine Bluff scored 19. FAMU averaged 27. I didn't do the decimals because I don't feel like doing all that. Rushing yards, Pine Bluff averaged 125. FAMU averaged 157. Passing-wise, Pine Bluff averaged 192. FAMU averaged 223. So FAMU has an advantage in most, if not every statistical category. And I think FAMU wins this one big again. I think this becomes a game where... The fourth quarter, you can go get your clothes, get ready, because mm -mm, it ain't going to be much to see. It it really ain't. Um, I'm going to go 49-14. I think they might get two touchdowns just in garbage time. But I think 49-14, I had 48. FAMU is going to win in blowout fashion. But what is important about this game, it's homecoming. (laughs) And if you ain't got your hotels... You might have to stay in Jacksonville or something because that's that junk. Or you might as well just stay home and just drive to the game the day of. There is no hotel that is at a reasonable price in Tallahassee or in the metropolitan area. You can look in Thomasville, might be find something up there. But for homecoming, the hotel prices are inflated as heck and they were inflated before. Now, you're, I think the last time I saw it was like three hundred dollars instead of the La Quinta stupid like I don't know if we have a Red Roof Inn in Tallahassee anymore but if there was I wouldn't stay in it like I'm just saying the hotel prices for that weekend are stupid your cousins are going to be all over the city if you're not from Tallahassee um great week to come, great time to come down there are going to be events all week you're going to have multiple concerts multiple you're going to have the comedy show gospel concert. I mean, it's just it's going to be a fun-filled week of FAMU events and activities, and I encourage anyone who would like to get some of the HBCU experience to go up there. It is a great baptism by fire into the HBCU experience because it is overwhelming. It is a lot of HBCU pride. It is a lot. And it is not the norm. I would definitely say If this is your first time, come in there with the mindset of every HBCU experience is not like this. This is going to push you closer to a classic experience. This is not the norm for a FAMU football game. You go to FAMU football for homecoming and it's like, oh, expletive. This is a lot. You go for a regular game, you're like, this is very manageable. It's a lot of people in a small space. If you are claustrophobic, Perry Street is not for you. It is going to be bumper to bumper, shoulder to shoulder, very compact. If you're COVID phobic, do not do it to yourself. Put on a mask and go, but don't be over there spazzing out because people are next to you. Please don't be that person. I'm telling you now as a fan and as a a friend, it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a very heavy police presence and it's going to be very fun. It's a lot. It's homecoming is a lot. It's, it's very, it's a lot to take in. But if you are familiar with the, with the area, you're familiar with the happenings, it's so much fun. You do need to know how to get in and get out in some places, in some instances, and you need to know where you can and cannot park. You cannot park at Bragg stadium. If you do not have a parking pass, you will get towed. Furthermore, if you do not have a parking pass, I would highly suggest that if you're going to be on campus anytime early Go to FAMU PD and get a parking pass. That is one of the most undersaid things at Florida a University, but get a parking pass. Do not do yourself the disservice of getting towed or booted because you didn't take the extra 45 minutes to an hour to get a parking pass. Go early. Bring your ID, bring your license, registration, everything you would take. And take it to FAMU PD and say I need a parking pass. Tell them however long they're going to tell you yay or nay, but get a parking pass because as long as you got a parking permit, they're not going to tell you. And If they do tell you, they're going to have to they're going to have to do something about it. They got to pay for it. That's their business. But do yourself that due diligence. Take the extra ten minutes if you can. Especially again, if you're going to be there Saturday, it's 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 hands off. It is it is what it is. But if you're going to be there on anytime Wednesday through Friday, get a parking pass convocation, all that stuff, get a parking pass. I cannot stress this enough. I don't listen to people when they say there's no parking at FAMU. It's not that there's no parking. You don't want to park where there's parking because there's plenty of parking at Bragg Memorial stadium, except for the first day of school. But otherwise this parking of Bragg, you just don't want to walk that far. But furthermore, they're throwing boots on your car and stuff like that. It's because you didn't take that extra time to get a parking pass. Go to FAMU PD. I've done this and I'm not telling you stuff I haven't done myself and that I don't do. The only time I don't go to FAMU PD to get a parking pass is if I find a meter and I, and I don't know if they still have the meters and I pay like two, three dollars at the meter or if it's on a game day or like after five sports activity related stuff. Otherwise, I. I go to FAMU PD and get a parking pass. Even as an alumni, I've gone up there on the Friday when stuff was taking place, knowing it was homecoming to get a parking pass and say, oh, it's nine o'clock. Let me make sure I'm there. Get there early, get your parking pass, and there won't be as many problems because the people that are getting towed are illegally parked. And what FAMU PD will do, and they're very good about this, FAMU PD is actually friendlier than you probably think. They're very friendly. They will tell you, park here, park there, don't park here. And a person may have an attitude that one day, because some of your cousins went up there with an attitude with them. Again, we give off the energy that we've been given. But if you come up there with a calm attitude and you're like, hello, how are you doing? I'm here for the day. I want to make sure I get a parking pass. Sure. Park here, park there. Great. Where can I? And then ask that extra question. Where can I park? Can you give me some suggestions? They may not want to because the line is long, but again, they'll probably tell you park here, park there, park here, park there. Again, I'm big on being proactive, so I'm just giving you all the tea and giving you the game before you get there. Find a parking space, get a parking pass so you don't get towed because they will tell you. And I don't know if they didn't jack the prices up, but when I was in college, it was $200 plus. So I'm, I'm trying, I don't know if you like me, but I'm I'm not trying to have to pay three, $400 to get my car. Cause you got an Uber there probably if you're not from the city. So uh, do yourself that favor. That is homecoming. It's going to be a lot, a great atmosphere, great atmosphere, great food. I promise you when you get to the stadium, like don't, don't leave your windows down, but just, kind of roll through and just look and see the people. It is an amazing sight. It is a wonderful thing to see. And um, I, for one, am excited to see it. And I think we're going to beat the heck out of them boys. And you're going to probably be able to leave and go to the club kind of early. Like it's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun time. And it's that time of year though, y'all homecoming is in October and Tallahassee weather switches quick so this one is at the end of October, right before November. It's a four o'clock kick. It's going to be cold. Like right. The game is probably going to go from like four to seven, four to eight. By halftime, the stadium's going to empty out after the band does their performance because people are going to try to go to the clubs and everything like that. If you're going to stay the whole game, bring a light jacket. It's going to get cold. It's not going to be if, if people who aren't from Florida or aren't from North Florida don't realize that stadium gets cold. Do not wear your shorts up there thinking it's gonna be nice beautiful no it's going to get cold it's almost November so yeah you you need something for that because that is almost season the time for the fair which we will talk about the North Florida Fair later but please dress appropriately be prepared. it's going to be a fun time to be had by all if you go there with the right mindset so that's that's our show y'all uh, gonna give you a quick recap. If I can get my computer to mouse to get where I want it to go, um, because right now I don't know which screen it's on. There we go. There you go. All right. So sorry about that. So um, we did talk about uh, Michael Thomas and we celebrate celebrate him a little bit, Wish which could have gave more of his flowers. But he made the uh, family hall of fame. So he did not get to get inducted yet, but he made the hall of fame before his passing um, or he will be inducted this season. And he knew about it. Uh, family Baseball got a signing and family Baseball continues to be a pretty good product hopefully we can keep Coach Shoop. women's basketball offered another player the family football team has been offering players like crazy and if you haven't been checking the social media page please do so Arkansas Pine Bluff that is a big thing and I forgot to go inside the den so before we do all that other stuff I'm going to take a break and come back and we're going to go inside the den because I was ready to wrap the show up. But this is Fangs Up. And we're going to go inside the den. All right, y'all. This is the part of the show that we're going to finish it on. I apologize. I I have forgot to do the inside the den part. Um, I forgot I said I was going to do it. I didn't put it in my show notes. It's my fault. Um, And I also apologize for the late release of the show. Um, lightning struck my router and my modem. And so we have not had internet in my house for about three or four days. And yeah, so I um, tried to use the phone, Wi Fi to do some stuff and anyways, it didn't happen. So I just wanted to verbally apologize. I'm gonna release this in a few minutes. I'm a day late and we'll do the YouTube this evening. So we'll do the YouTube this evening for all the, all of you that watch and we'll do it live tonight. So I apologize though, but I appreciate you. But inside the den, social media, um social media is a big thing. Social media is part of what large reason of why I've been able to do this and how I've been able to share my perspective on Florida and university athletics, because part of social media, I was just in a barbershop talking like you, um, talking to my friends. And occasionally if I can get somebody with a little bit of power, I'll pull their ear and say, Hey man, did you ever think about this? But now because of the advent of social media and things like that, I'm able to reach out to coaches and talk to people and things like that. And of that nature. And FAMU has done a great job in the past three weeks to a month of taking advantage of social media. Uh, I feel like Josh Padilla has done a great job. Coach Rispis has been done, done a great job as well. And coach Simmons has been there and availed himself very well. And you're seeing that, the content creators of FAMU, we are, I'm not going to say we're coordinated because we're not. We do converse, but we're also taking up and doing our share to make sure that we put out content. And sometimes some of us are critical, some of us are not. But what we are doing is continue to put information out there about Florida a University athletics for you to consume. And that is big because you're not the only one consuming this. Student athletes are consuming this and they want to go to FAMU. They tell us, hey, coach, I want to go to FAMU. Coach, who I talk to? And we say, you talk to this person. Go to this direction. And some of us actually say, hey, here's this kid's film. This kid looks really good. Um, So, but social media is the difference between the programs that will succeed and won't won't succeed. And one of the things that happens with social media is that, If you're doing it right, you don't have to continue to do it after as much or as hard. You'll notice Alabama does not put a lot out there, but when they put it out, there, it's quality. Georgia has pulled back. The University of Georgia, probably for the past five years, has been one of the better social media content creating programs in the nation. Florida State had a really good run for doing it. And they kind of pulled back. They made a few missteps, especially in the Willie era. Most notably, Martin Luther King doing the chop with gloves on. That was not a good look. Um, But you're starting to see Jackson State. Great content. I would say there are three HBCUs that put out great, high-quality content. FAMU, Jackson State. Honestly, that's about it. I only got them two. Um yeah, that's it. Other all you other folks, y'all y'all ain't doing it. You're not doing it for me. Um You're just not. No disrespect, but you're not pulling out con putting out enough content. And your content creators aren't putting out enough for a lot of y'all. So we have to make sure we take advantage of this because the students are on Twitter. We have to meet them where they're at. They're on Twitter, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, and they follow our players. They see what looks like fun and what don't look like fun. They see the production. They see when our students are putting up there that they PR'd or that they maxed their bench. And well, last month he was benching 305. This month he benched 315. And over the six-month period, he went from 305 to 400 pounds. Man, it only took him six months to be able like, the students see that. They see the progression. They share. They talk trash with that. And we have to continue to use social media to promote our programs because social media can just as easily tear our programs down. We saw what happened with the young lady who has an education degree, surprisingly, that if you come out of FAMU education, you doing stuff like that. You didn't do undergrad at FAMU. That's all I can say about that, because that's not what you were taught in FAMU undergrad in the Department of Education. And I'm not saying that from what people have told me. I'm saying that because education was was part of my uh, family journey. Uh, so but I digress. Social media is, is there and we have to use it. We have to maximize it. We have to be able to put people in positions so that they can continuously drop content. If you drop content daily, you're. Likes will go up, your views will go up, your revenue will go up, your popularity will go up, and it's got to be good times and bad times. You got to put up there maybe not the content where coaches fussing at the after a loss, but where hey, we're practicing, we're still hustling, we're still grinding. But when you win, we need to be in the locker room, we need to see the coaches shouting, yelling, screaming, and being excitable because that is what draws people in. People are going to match your energy. And when they see winning energy, now I want to be a part of a winning program. I want to invest in a winning program. If we need to put that out there, one for the, for the student athletes and the potential product, but more importantly for the potential donors, people want to be associated with winners. Famu is a Pepsi school. Florida state is a Coke school. But if you want other companies to invest in Famu, you, They need to see us winning because all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I support FAMU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My business does this with FAMU. Yeah, you know, they got a winning program over there. Oh, man. So that means you're a winner, too. I am like it's like that, y'all. And that's the way it is. So FAMU has to continue to use social media, FAMU's social media presence in the past couple of weeks, especially most notably with football has been awesome. Baseball, we got to get there, though. Baseball, you lacking. I, I like Coach Shoop. I don't have a problem with him. I like how he's rebranded the program. But now we have to start taking advantage of social media up there. We need a student, find some student interns, give somebody some work study, somebody to cover FAMU athletics so that, FAMU baseball in particular, so that we're getting the information out there. FAMU basketball, similar. FAMU basketball, I saw Coach Brown put some information out there saying, hey, Quiet before the storm, day before practice starts type type vibe. We need that. We need that out there. We need that kind of energy. I need big Rattler energy in all sports. Women's basketball. We need that. We need that. I I need Coach Pillow out there taking pictures. Put one of the girls on it. Say, hey, you put you take these pictures. You show what the program's doing. Volleyball. I need that energy. Show y'all bumping, setting, digging and put a little something, a little song behind it everything like that and all of a sudden you're selling the program and you're selling the program to me as a consumer and then when i'm walking into the to the gym make that the song that is played as the fans walk in oh yeah and then since you're playing at the lawson center put the video up there and keep using those videos from preseason with the music in the background and have that become your introductory stuff but again Social media is going to be the catalyst for successful programs and the programs that get the Jimmies and the Joes is not only going to be NIL, but it's also going to be tied to who can maximize social media. Cause these kids are like anybody else. They want attention. They want attention. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And they want to know that you are watching them. And that's something that we can easily do with social media because the students love when you get out there, you take pictures of them and you retweet it. And all of a sudden They share it with their mama's mama. Hey, mama, you know, my cousins, everything else, all their family. And as a content creator, it benefits you because as a content creator. Now we've been able to take this FQ family Twitter page from having about 1500 followers to over 2000. Come, come, come invest with me. Come support us. Come put a little something in, in us because we're pouring back into the programs. But notice how just as like a third party person, we're getting our interest up. We're getting our likes up. We get our listens up. We get our views up. And now we get 100 people in the YouTube. We get 100 people listening to, to the podcast. And sometimes we don't get 100 listen to the pod. We get sometimes seven. Sometimes we get 20 or 30. Because I know some of y'all are, You listen to the pod on YouTube. Why are you going to listen to it again? I get it i love for you to listen to both, but I get it. Uh, but we have to continue to take advantage of this. And as a content creator, I'm committed to be at as many of the events as possible. I will do my due diligence to make sure that family gets the proper respect that it deserves. So that is it, y'all. This is the real end- ending of the show. I apologize for earlier. Um, I was I had forgotten I, we didn't talk about our section or go inside the den. So uh you already got the recap. We're gonna end it here, y'all. As always, it's fangs up.